Well, hello and welcome once again to this month's CSF Monthly Podcast. As always, aiming to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in the field of rheumatology. Well, we focused on two papers this month with regards to the summary slides, both looking at the safety elements of jackanibs. Zhang et al. used data from the Korean Health Insurance Review and Assessment Service database to explore the associations of first-line biologic DMARD with overall incident and recurrent herpes zoster risks among people with rheumatoid arthritis during their first therapeutic approach. They found that herpes zoster risk is significantly increased in seropositive RA patients with a history of herpes zoster after the initiation of biologic DMARDs or targeted synthetic DMARDs. And the second paper, Juber et al. reviewed the evidence for venous thromboembolism, VTE risk in jackanibs, and whether this risk also extends to the second generation jackanibs. Their editorial concluded that it is too early to say that the second generation jackanibs have a lower VTE risk and caution in patients with VTE risk factors is going to be required. Well, as always, head over to cytokinesignaling.com to read the full summary slides of these two papers. In today's podcast, I'm going to switch the focus to drug efficacy and review the two additional papers that were highlighted this month. The first paper covers new data from China on the first in human trial of KL13008, given the association of the current jackanibs with increased risk of infection in VTE. As I've just highlighted, KL13008 is a small molecule JAK12 inhibitor being developed by Sichuan Kelun Biotech biopharmaceutical for the treatment of RA and other autoimmune diseases, in part to try and avoid the disadvantages of current jackanibs. The second paper I'm going to discuss today is from Gilead Sciences. Um, there are no principal investigators involved in the analysis. The paper reports on the exposure response analysis of fulgotinib for dose confirmation. The report is based on the analysis of the three phase three Finch studies and the two phase two Darwin studies in moderate to severe RA papers. Uh, to access detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today, please head along to cytokinesignaling.com. So let's turn first of all to a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled phase one study of the pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics and safety of KL1308, a novel oral JAK inhibitor in healthy subjects. KL1308 is a novel selective JAK12 inhibitor, which may potentially have a therapeutic benefit in rheumatoid arthritis and other autoimmune diseases. This is a first-in-human trial to evaluate its pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics, and safety in healthy subjects. It's very early, but it's a new molecule, so let's have a think about what happened. It's a single-center, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled phase one study, healthy Chinese subjects, 79 patients of whom 77 completed the study, who received KL1308 QD for seven days, either as a single ascending dose, one through 20 milligrams, or multiple ascending doses, two through six milligrams. Safety was assessed based on physical condition, vital signs, adverse events, 12 lead ECG and ambulatory ECG monitoring and laboratory examinations. In the PK assessments, a validated liquid chromatography tandem mass spec method was used to determine the concentration of drug in the collected plasma and urine samples. And in the PD assessments, the levels of phosphostat 3 in the treated uh, patient's leukocytes were determined using an enzyme-linked assay, and the, uh, the inhibition rate of phosphostat was calculated. What are the key results? Well, drugs showed an exponential elimination with a half-life of between 14 and 18 hours, and 8 to 20% of drug recipients of the drug rather was, was excreted in the urine. 
Dose-dependent inhibition of fosfostat 3 was observed in subjects who received single KL1308 doses of 4 to 20 milligrams. Multiple dosing at 2, 4, or 6 milligrams once daily for seven consecutive days uh, sustainably inhibited fosfostat 3 expression. And the rates of uh, TEAEs were 88.7% with drug and 81.3% with placebo. All such events were grade one or two and disappeared or resolved by the end of the study. And the most frequent events were a decrease in neutrophil percentage, which occurred in 30% of subjects on KL1308, a decrease in neutrophil count, which occurred in 29% of subjects on KL1308, and an increase in lymphocyte percentage, which occurred in 25.8% of subjects on KL1308. None of these three events occurred while subjects were on placebo, so it looks like a drug-related event. Conclusions here, well, these data support the fact that KL1308 is safe, well-tolerated. It's a, an oral JAK1 inhibitor, no information at the moment about off-target effects, and this study, I guess, will help to optimize dosing regimens for a putative phase through study, a phase two study. We, we, we await that with interest. Now, the next paper is an exposure response relationship for the efficacy and safety of filgotinib and its metabolite GS829845 in subjects with rheumatoid arthritis based on phase two, phase three studies. Now, I'm sure by now you're very well aware that filgotinib is an oral ones daily potent JAK1 preferential inhibitor. It's approved for use in the EU and Japan for treatment of moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis in adults and met all the primary endpoints ACR20 at week 12 or week 24 in its phase three clinical trials, Finch 1, Finch 2, and Finch 3. The pharmacokinetics of forgotten have been very well characterized across previous phase one studies. And this report describes exposure efficacy and safety analysis for Filgotinib and its major active metabolite, GS829845, based on population PK model-derived exposures and efficacy and safety data from the Phase 3 studies, that was the Finch program, and Phase 2 studies, the Darwin program, in patients with moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis. Key results from this will non-linear logistic regression showed increasing response with increasing exposure, with exposures at 200 milligrams dose primarily residing on the curve plateau. Area under the curve for efficacy was significantly higher in the subjects who achieved responses compared to those who did not. And for exposure safety analysis, Filgotinib and GS829845 exposures were similar, irrespective of the presence or absence of the evaluated safety endpoints, indicating no exposure safety relationship for common treatment emergent adverse events or laboratory abnormalities and serious TEAs or infections. Your take home here, exposure response analysis confirmed that filgotinib produced more robust therapeutic effects across the exposure range observed at 200 milligrams once daily compared to lower doses. And collectively, with, with the lack of an exposure safety relationship, the 200 milligrams once daily dose was supported for commercialization. Well, as always, if you want to look at the publications uploaded this month and to access the other podcasts and resources that are there in abundance, please do head over to cytokinesignaling.com. It's a great resource. It's there for you to use. And as always, I'm going to finish by thanking you for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. Please stay well, stay healthy, and I look forward to talking with you again in future. Thanks ever so much. Thank <laughs> you.